We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. We're going to do a combine edition, spend some time with somebody who's been on-site live covering this thing. I wanted to do that, so today's a little tardy because of that, but fitting ourselves into Jared Mueller's schedule is really difficult, but we got Jared Mueller here, Dogs by Nature. He is doing a fantastic job covering the combine and has some insights that are well worth your time every day to check out from what he's hearing, what he's gathering in terms of like little whispers on the side as well as some conversations and um, and then what he's, you know, what he's observing, asking guys and what he's uh, seeing in the testing and all of that. I can't always be there. These are really tough times for me, like the senior bowls during my son's birthday weekend. And then this is happening during my birthday weekend. So like my viability for getting to these things someday is a little, a little tricky, <laughs> but uh, maybe in the future, it'll be something I can fit in the schedule. The kids get a little older, but until then we get the, the wise and noble comments from Jared Mueller. What's up, dude? How are you? Um, tired and uh, a little bit more tired and a whole lot of tired and got another day and a half or so until Saturday night, uh, quarterbacks are throwing wide receivers will be on the field. So, you know, that's kind of important to see, especially live to be able to look at footwork and some of those kind of things, especially for wide receivers for the Browns. So tired, it's a, it's a grind. It's a, and obviously no one wants to hear. It's not a complaint. It's just the reality of the, of the situation you wake up about, 6.30, you get over there about 8, and then the party ends about 2, 3 in the morning. So it's, uh, it's a lot. It sounds like me with the kids, you know, trying to trying to get up at 6, live that life, and then go to bed after doing some work at 2. So it's nothing. Listen, Jared, we don't want to hear your complaints here. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a long day. It's a long day. Walk us through a little bit of that day. So, like, you get there early in the morning, you're doing, like, prospect interviews. Like, yeah. what are you getting an opportunity to do throughout the day? What is a what is a general day at the Combine look like for the common fan if they were to be there? So it's really interesting. Tuesday and Wednesday, we get the coaches and head and general managers, depending on how they're scheduled, um, and not a whole lot else um, early kind of in that process. Um, we get a few players on Wednesday. Uh, but, yeah, so early in the morning is interviews for uh, for players that are kind of broken up by – sections. So, uh, you know, today we had wide receivers and running backs. Tomorrow we'll have offensive linemen and kickers. So that's a really unique thing. And so in the span of an hour, 52 prospects will come into this media room, go to the podiums, uh, get interviewed, and media is just running around trying to get that. So when you get a chance to talk to these guys in the 10, 20 minute window you get, I think it's 20 minutes. 
what are you trying to get asked? Like, are you trying to find something quirky about them that fans can relate to? Are you trying to find if the Browns have met with them? I know that's a bit of a, a hot topic because you just have to almost presume the guys are meeting with every team. But like, what are you? What's your goal in a, in a spot where you may be lucky to get one or two questions in? You know, for me, it's always doing enough research to know that at the podiums at different times, I'm going to talk to that guy and that guy. So um, it's really kind of doing the research to look at. You know, how do they, you know, um, Audric estimate a day from Notre Dame? You know, what kind of runs does he like? Um, but knowing that JOK was there right before he got there, if I bring up JOK and the Browns as a reference point, does he kind of go, yeah, we met and we talked or that'd be great to kind of join him? Um, I don't like to ask, like you said, whether they've talked to the Browns or not, just because the Browns generally are going to see most of the prospects that are on their board, except for those guys that maybe are in the top 10, 15 that the prospects and the Browns don't want to kind of waste the time, but Dewan Jones is a great example. Last year, there was no expectation that they were going to take him early um, and they didn't, but they still had him in for a top 30. They visited with him here. um, And then he fell to the fourth round for a variety of reasons. So um, really it's about research. I do like to try to find something quirky. So estimate a day. I asked him, what does he do off the field? He talked about cooking, drawing and singing. So someone followed that up with a question about, what do you sing for us? we got a 15 second kind of clip of him singing for us. So <laughs> it's just trying to find, you know, who are these people? How do they talk? Are they actually focused on, do they just kind of say stuff, right? Do they just say, oh, you know, I, I do this, this, and this, and it's just some kind of canned answer. Or are they actually kind of responsive? So it kind of goes all over the place, depending on the player and uh, kind of what I'm looking at. But I'm always trying to interview guys that I think the Browns would have interest in. Um, because I think that's way more interesting for our fans and our readers. Yeah. So, okay. You do the interviews in the morning, spend time there. Do you get a chance to go to weigh-ins in the afternoon and then is like evaluate because now it's become such a, uh, you know, mainstream television event. They're almost seemingly putting all the, the on-field work into the evening, right? Used to be yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. It used to be throughout the day. You could have some over at the convention center, which is kind of where the interviews take place in the media room is. Um, you'd be over there, you'd go see the weigh-ins, you'd hear them talk about, uh, you know, when are they going to work out if they're not able to work out and why is it a personal decision? Is it injury? You know, we're gathering all this information. They would do the bench press and now everything, you know, so we were, we had access to Lucas oil at three o'clock today. Obviously I'll go over there here in just a little bit after we get done. Um, but they started doing some of the testing, the, some of the broad jump and the high jump or the vert. They already started doing that when the media is not even there. So there are some media members there from, you know, some of the bigger places, NFL.com, ESPN, those kind of things. But technically, we're not supposed to be there yet. So it's it really is an interesting setup where they don't seem to value why we are here at times. Um, And again, not complaining. It's just interesting. Like our job is to provide information. And then we start to have to wait for somebody else to provide us that information, uh, even though we're here and we're present. Yeah, they, they kind of try to draw that line between, you know, the companies that are paying for coverage and whatnot, right? So it gets a little little tricky. All right, so you do these three days of uh, notes around the NFL so far, and, and you do it not just the Browns the NFL, like I said, but talk us through some things that you've learned. Maybe you wrote it, maybe you didn't, Jared, but things that you have been <laughs> hearing. I know, like you said, uh, Stefanski and Andrew Barry spent time with the media, uh, and we really haven't talked since the middle of the year, so... Uh, I'm, I'm open to your end of like what you think they're going to do based on some vibes you're hearing or, 
you know, go as far into the weeds as you want or not. Just just let me know some things you think that, that people would find interesting and what they can really learn from reading what you're putting out every day. You know, I think there's a lot of little details. Um, it's really nice to be here. The team scouts, some coaches that I know, agents that I know, and then fellow media members. It gives an opportunity to gather information here, take it here, start to work kind of that confirmation loop. Uh, I try to make sure I get a little bit from as many people as I can just to kind of see is what this is they're hearing here, also what's hearing here. One of the things that was the most interesting, I think, for Browns fans, this is the first time I've ever heard Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry talk, and they don't sound like they're saying the exact same thing. Uh, so even quarterback Andrew Berry said, you know, well, the finances could be a problem. We may not be able to do. And Kevin was like, I think Andrew knows exactly how important the quarterback position is. So it was just a little bit different. I, I wrote in my article that they are still fine. They're still in sync. There's no drama there. But for the first time ever, we we heard something different from the two guys at the top. Um, and I think that's going to be really interesting because they're looking at extensions. One of the things I've heard is that one of the holdups on those extensions is just whether or not they have to be in lockstep, right? Does that need to be a five-year for both, four-year for both, three, you know, whatever the number is. Do those need to be locked together like they were in their first contract? So that really stood out to me that it doesn't, again, it's not about problems, but you can tell they're looking for more of kind of fine tuning versus setting a culture and a direction. So when, when you're fine tuning, you're going to have a few more arguments in those details. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals 
and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, talk, talk me through, I think a thing that you you found a little bit interesting, and I want to know your thought on it, is the idea that the cap keeps getting elevated in the Browns, are bringing in and spending more money and how that can have an impact on some of the others. I found that note to be interesting, largely because what our our own Jack Duffin here at the OBR has said is that the Browns are being careful and other teams too about like just immediately creating 70, $80 million of cap space because then agents know how much you have to play with. And it gets a little bit interesting in negotiations because if they know how much you have and over the cap knows how much you have, then there's a difference in like what you can provide. So I think folks think that there's like this immediate snap your fingers, everyone's sort of a restructured thought, but that's not necessarily how it's going to play out in real time. And I do think your 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 point here is is a fair one about, you know, is there a concern about some of the guys who signed early on being interested in why they're not maybe either getting more money or uh, if there's a jealousy factor that plays into the salary caps evolution here? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um the best way to describe it over here is everyone I've talked to feels like there's a stalemate right now just around the league um, in that agents are like, well, there's a lot more money. You need to start paying these players differently. And teams are like, just because there's not there's more money doesn't mean your player is worth more value. Um, and so there is a concern definitely in Cleveland, but in a lot of teams that, you know, you have your veteran. So, you know, whether that's Miles Garrett, for example. Um, if you, you know, you saw miles to his, you know, hundred and some million dollar contract over five years, a couple of years ago, if you wanted to get really aggressive for a defensive lineman, all of a sudden miles Garrett is not your highest paid defensive lineman. And maybe by a huge chunk, right. He's getting over underpaid by five, $6 million. There is some concern there, right? Grant Debla just signed his deal. And if you bring in another DB or, you know, any of those kind of things. So there's a lot of concern about what the next year is going to look like. Not a lot of teams are very worried about the salary floor, which is the only thing that keeps them from spending. And so, you know, obviously uh, Duffin does such an amazing job with all the details and the accounting tools. Um, But I think it's, there's a lot of personal pieces to this puzzle that I'm wondering, not to the same extreme as major league baseball, but I'm wondering if this year we see a little bit of a slower process. The other reality is, and this is true for the draft as well as free agency is that the NFL has unofficially or officially, sent out warnings to teams specifically about leaking information. Betting markets 
are set for things like the draft specifically, but there are some prop bets about where players will sign and some of those kind of things. Some of the smaller books have those kind of things. And so the NFL doesn't want it to look like, you know, there's any kind of conspiracy going on or, you know, insider training and all that stuff. So I do wonder if kind of the source game is going to continue to kind of drop because I can get information from an agent. They can't be warned by the NFL, but I, it's a little bit more difficult. You're getting a little bit more shoulder shrugs and that seems to make sense. So the market is going to be really, really interesting this year because on the back end, the draft is not seen that good. So when the draft's not good, you spend more money in free agency. Yeah. But given the cap, you don't want to kind of overspend in free agency and create kind of, like you said, jealousy uh, among the locker room. Yeah, talk about the depth of the draft. I know that it's been pretty out there that due to NIL stuff, and this has been pretty echoed throughout the industry, that the the pool of players to select is pretty shallow. Is that something you're hearing from everybody? And I think if you're hearing it from a lot of people, it's pretty pretty damn easy to think that teams are thinking the same way. And it's probably not the best draft to be loaded with late picks like the Browns. Or did you, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're getting the vibe that they think they can still find some answers with a lot of the later selections that they have you know yeah you're no they they think they could but the reality is is that there are 50 plus less play underclassmen that declared this year than three years ago and so that literally is the entire seventh round and some of the sixth round those players do not exist this year um, compared to three years ago. And so that means more seniors, fifth year, six year seniors, those kind of things. Probably um, the COVID stuff finally catching up. NIL, mixture of NIL and the COVID stuff, like finally intertwining in a sense. It absolutely is. So you think of underclassmen and well, if I'm going to be in the fourth round and I can hang out in college a little bit longer and, and make some money and some good money and kind of mature my body, be a little healthier, whatever that looks like. Um, and then obviously COVID, you know, we're, we'll finally be done with like that sixth, seventh year senior kind of deal. The depth of the draft is, is really seen offensive line, specifically tackle running back. There are some wide receivers, but in a lot of ways, it feels like teams are going to have to decide between known quantity. Okay. This guy can be a backup, can be, can start every once in a while. And this guy could be out of the league in three years or, could really, really develop. And so even some of the players we saw last night, some of the defensive linemen, Chop Robinson, for example, uh, Braden Fisk. Chop, it doesn't really show it on the field, but as a great athlete, uh, Braden Fisk is 24 years old already, right? So you're like, wait, what's what are we, what are we doing here? What do we see yeah. here? How do we value this given the lack of depth? You know, the linebacker group's not very good. The running back group is deep, but doesn't have kind of a first or really even a second round pick uh, or at least a high second round pick seen there. So um, but you have about eight to ten that could go in round three, four and five. So do you see those guys kind of slipping just because there's so many of them? So it's a really interesting draft. And here's how I know NFL teams are not very interested in the draft this year. Defensive line was last night uh, in Indianapolis, started at three o'clock, ended at eight thirty. A wide variety of teams had their scouting team dinners during that time. Yeah. Right? Like their team dinners were during workouts where normally, you know, the the suite is packed with a bunch of people. That just wasn't that way this year. I feel like there's a little bit of a shift now more than ever to pro days because guys are favoring those. I mean, I I just think like 
obviously the combine, Jared, you would agree with me is a fact finding mission. You are trying mm-hmm. to, you're not swayed in one direction or the other too much right now. If a guy tests really well, you know, that's interesting. If a guy tests really poor, you're looking to confirm your priors. You're looking to hone in on facts. This modern era of fact finding is easier than it's ever been, right? The, the way the connections happen, the way the, 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 the speed at which the internet stuff is helping, like it used to be the combine was the ultimate figure everything out setup. It feels mm-hmm. like now things are shifting toward pro days where guys are opting to not do certain things. And a lot of it is too, because of, I mean, I, I just have to say putting this stuff in prime time is not serving the players doing more of this. Like I'm getting, what I'm getting at is I'm not saying the combine is done in five years, but I'm saying they're going to be, if you were somebody tracking this sort of information man like i think if you look at percentage of drills competed per prospect from say five years ago to 20 to 30 if you were to measure this out it's going to look entirely different guys prefer that comfort of the ability to do it at your home place but also jared and again maybe this is something you're hearing but i'm kind of projecting a little bit and i'm seeing if you maybe are the on-field data is better than it's ever been and it's trending in a really unique way for testing how fast guys are with pads on what their reaction timing is in a way that it's like, what are we getting out of the combine other than to just spend time with guys? That's what it feels like to me in a, in a sense of like, I'm a little worried about what this event, which is a really cool event is going to look like in the next five to 10 years of the NFL life cycle. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely got to figure out something different specifically for the fan base, you know, so a great example, the linebacker group, a group that could, at least try to get teams a little excited. Three linebackers ran the three cone drill, which is a great drill to find out how you do change of direction and all that. Three total linebackers ran that drill. Right. And so I think, you know, it's more and more teams, you know, the Sean McVay's Mike McCarthy didn't come this year. Um, And even from a fan perspective, and I've done this, I'm just not going to dog on it in writing at least Um, again, all these fans that are sitting there are listening on their headphones to the NFL network. There are nothing in the, in the building that's helping them really understand what's going on. There's no MC saying next up. Oh, he just ran a four, six at his weight. That's this, like there's no information. So they're just little, literally sitting there. Don't know when to clap because they don't know a four, six is great for this guy and terrible for this guy. Um, and so, and then they have an outdoor fan experience. Yeah. Well, it's 44 degrees right now in, yeah. in Indianapolis and it's always really freaking windy here. Yeah. Guess who's not really going to be outside kids and families. So yep. they just have to figure out what that looks like if they want it to be an entertainment event. And I think that's the other thing real quick is really what you're describing is about control. So you made this prime time. We don't get paid. We have to do it on your schedule yeah, we're out, right? Like, yeah, I don't have to do any of that. I'm not making any money off of this. And if I'm really good or if I'm worried about something, I'll do it in my own, like you said, the comfort of my own place. So there's a lot of control stuff going on right now in the league. Yeah. It's just, it's an evolve. Like I said, it's an evolving thing that feels like the on-field data is changing how much teams care about the combine stuff. And there's more of a willingness from players to be like, I'm just not going to do that thing. Like imagine like a world where like Tom Brady just doesn't run the 40. Like it just used to be a thing where 
you you showed up and you did every single thing but that's because the fact finding was harder back then so you you almost if you didn't do those things you had almost no chance of getting drafted whereas guys who either not invited to the combine or choose like you said to just skip this thing that they're maybe not the most confident in doing there's a chance some of them don't do it period if you look at the modern like again kentley platt does a great job with the relative athletic scores if you look at recent prospects there's just gaps in the data where guys choose not to do stuff because it's a weakness that they have and it's better to leave something as a perceived weakness than go out and prove that it's a weakness an example of that recently and i think i think started to skew things was dk metcalf by all accounts a first round pick but people got really nervous about his three cone and short shuttle but that's not who he is and like, why would he do it? It's best to leave that stuff up to a shoulder shrug than it is to go out and prove it with the stuff where you're like, you had people saying like this guy's numbers in this were worse than these slow quarterback. It just was, it got really crazy. So I just am, uh, I'm really, I'm really interested in where it goes in the next 10 years where guys are like in their meeting with these teams and agents are learning more and more about what information teams have behind closed doors and they're like, well, why do I need to do this? I mean, you're seeing some of it at the time. I mean, talk about the first time I've heard this, Jared, and I'm sure you can talk about talking to agents and stuff, is the Marvin Harrison, I'm not doing anything, period. Like, I'm just going to get ready to play football. You're not going to get a 40. You're not going to get any testing out of me because this is not what I do on Sundays. So I'm not doing it. That is the, that's, that's an eye-opener because that's the first I've ever heard. Guys have skipped it and said, I'll do it at my pro day. But right. just saying, I'm out. I'm getting ready for I'm running routes. See me on Sundays, boys, is like a thing I think might trickle into the future of this whole thing. Well, I mean, this year we we have two things we've never experienced here at the Combine. The first is Caleb Williams did not do medicals. That's no wild. one has. That is he didn't do his medicals at all. So no one has ever refused to do medicals at the Combine. That has never happened before. Then Marvin Harrison, he was scheduled to be up at 820. At about eight o'clock, we got an email. Now I've heard there's other reports of something else was going on, but we got an email that just said, Marvin Harrison has decided he's not talking to the media today. Yeah. Like people have not talked to the media, but generally it's because they're stuck in medicals. You know, there's, they can just tell us, Hey, you know, their medical is taking a little longer or the MRI machine broke or whatever, but we've never had someone refuse to talk to the media. You know, last year, Jalen Carter, literally minutes before he's supposed to be up at the podium, that 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 report came. But beyond that, no one's ever just been like, you know what? I'm just not going to do a media session. Like if I'm, if I'm the New York Giants, right, I'm, I'm sitting there, I think they're at five or six, wherever they're at, and I'm thinking about either moving up for him or, you know, taking him there if he would fall. Well, if you don't want to deal with the media at Indianapolis, which is pretty soft overall, you're not going to deal well with what happens in New York. So yeah. we've seen some unique things this year. But I also wonder, too, if it's like somebody like Arizona is saying, hey, man, if you're there for, we're taking you. I don't care what any anything you do before the draft we're taking you as long as you're healthy. Why would I test? Why would I do anything? I would just, it's like, I know the NBA is a bit more like the guarantees part of the, 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 if you pay close attention to how the draft circles work in the NBA, there's a real underground market of like, if you're there at 12, we're taking you and guys will not take interviews with teams after that. So on and so forth. I just think that it's moving in an interesting direction where guys like Marvin, the top of the line players are just saying, I don't care anymore. You're taking me or you're not. 
and I'm not going to get hurt. I'm not going to train for a 40 when I could be doing football stuff. I, it's just the evolution of the combine is kind of fascinating. I was speaking of, I'm kind of a history buff with this stuff in general in life. So like, I just think that where the combine's going and how guys are like evolving their thought processes around it is, is quite interesting because there was a world not too long ago where everybody did everything and all the quarterbacks threw and you never questioned it. And if a guy didn't, it was like, Holy cow, this is unbelievable. He chose not to do so. I mean, I don't know, Jared, you could tell me how many quarterbacks are throwing this year. Penix and Bo Nix. Is that it? Like as far basically as basically it. Yeah. Of, of the names. The other thing we can really say, some of that started with the rookie wage scale, right? So yeah. back in the day, if I'm pushing for 60 million and I know I can kind of get that one extra spot or whatever, I think the rookie wage scale also kind of limits that because they're like, well, my big money is coming at in my second contract, not my first contract. So I'd rather go to a place I want to go uh, as opposed to anything else. So yeah, I think I wouldn't be shocked this year if they had to bring in local coaches or, you know, some veteran players who haven't been in the league for a couple of years that are just in the area to do some of the throwing, right? You have hundreds I think, I think you have like a hundred wide receivers. Well, they need to throw footballs right to them. And so it's not only just about throwing for kind of their drills, they are needed for the wide receiver stuff. So I, I'll be interested to see who's throwing this year. Is Josh McCown going to roll out there? Uh, Cause that wouldn't overall, overall that wouldn't shock me. I, I want to close here, Jared, I've taken enough of your time, but just guys, couple, couple categories. First is guys who have impressed you on the, on the interview side. So you have left like, man, that guy, put together some great quotes. He was enjoyable. I'm really pulling for him. You start to really get those, like, I like that guy moments and you're watching him around the NFL. So any, any names that come to mind there? Today is, it was absolutely Audric estimate, uh, estimate from Notre Dame is, um, you know, his mom passed away when he was 10 years old from sickle cell. He watched her go in and out of hospitals, struggle, fight, all of that. And he talked about her watching him go through this, you know, looking down at him. And, um, you know, he talked about as a leader, um, you know, he had to fight for a spot as a sophomore, but he knew he had his spot. And so he wanted to bring people along with him. And, you know, he's even willing to sing a couple bars for us. Right. So like he's one of those guys and he was smiling as he kind of went up to the podium and, you know, he was engaged with people and he didn't just kind of give you that those word one or two word answers. He was really engaged with the question, you know, those kind of things. So those, that's really the guy that it's hard because he's my most recent. So he's kind of sticking out to me right now. I'm like, that's kind of my guy right now. Um, I think he fits really well for what the Browns might need. Um, there have been really, honestly, a lot of the other players, a lot of the players just seem robotic this year, uh, that they were overtrained to just not show personality. Then again, you have one guy saying that birds aren't real. The other guy saying there's no space in other planets. So maybe everyone should probably say nothing at this point in time. <laughs> well, good. I, I love the estimate stuff. He's obviously a name that, Browns fans are interested in in general, and I think it's uh, it's going to be spicy to see if they have the spot to get him. But nonetheless, let's uh, shift to let's shift to, to guys on the field. I know it's only been a few groups. Like I, as you were talking, I just saw Quinya Mitchell, the, the uh, Toledo kid, just ran a four three three, and obviously that stuff gets you hyped up. But who from the first day? It's really just D line at this point. Maybe I'll catch up with you in a, in a week here when you've seen everybody. But who stood out on the uh, you know evaluation side? You know what's really interesting is Tavondre Sweat really is going to be a really hard evaluation overall for NFL teams. You know, he's huge. He's a very large human being at three, whatever he weighed in, 365, I believe. You know, he ran a really good time for his weight, but he didn't come up explosive, right? And so you have this guy who really is kind of a straight ahead kind of player, 
Um, you know, in a lot of ways, Browns fans would be like, well, don't we already have Siaka Ika? And there's some similarities there, but you know, he was probably 380 something at the com or at the senior bowl. Uh, he slimmed down for this, but even as you watch him move, it, it just didn't seem to have the fluidity or the explosiveness that we were looking for. And so while some team is going to take him higher than the Browns, it was definitely a player that um, stood out as, wait, he, he was able to do some of this explosive or this speed stuff, but doesn't have the explosion. You know, how does the NFL look at that? Um, somebody who hasn't performed yet that stood out, and I, I wrote about him from conversations, is Xavier Worthy. I think fans and media are much higher on him than the NFL is. There's some inconsistency with his hands that have some, uh, and then some of his frame issues that have some really big concerns for him. Mm -hmm. um, so they stood out, I think, from a linebacker perspective. Um, sorry, the second before I get to the linebackers, the other thing that stood out is there continues to be more and more players where I know their dad. I remember at least either watching their dad at the yeah. NFL or or even scouting their dad at the and NFL. It's and it's not even that. It's no. like it's guys that are recent. Like the one that's messing with me is the kid that committed to Ohio State, Chris Henry's son, committed to Ohio State. And I'm like, there's like there are guys where I'm like that. I just remember that guy playing like yesterday. I don't really, you know, Marvin Harrison is obviously one where you look at his son and he doesn't look like dad because dad was a slight frame, smaller guy. But like there are more and more of these Jeremiah Trotters, a legacy guy. I'm trying to think of Frank Gore Jr., yeah. Brendan Rice. Yeah. Like guys like Frank, yeah. Frank Gore and Jerry Rice played for the Niners in two different worlds. And their <laughs> yeah. sons, it's just a very unique kind of situation. It is. It is. But you're right. There are more and more of these like, and it's not just this sport. It's obviously like Carmelo Anthony's son is about to be uh, in a recruiting, a re, an upcoming recruiting class. Obviously, LeBron's kid. It's like okay, we're at the point now where this is uh, this is us getting old territory. So it's going to be more and more. Of those I mean, coming up in these next few classes, if you pay attention, you know. Yeah, absolutely. A couple linebackers ran really well, and I bring them up only because I think the Browns. I think one of the things that Browns have really struggled with is honestly at some level drafting. And I, I, it's easy to say that most drafts, if you get two starters, contributors, three, maybe you're, you're probably doing pretty well, but it just feels like they haven't been able to figure out anybody else outside of JOK for kind of the long-term linebacker position. You know, so Dallas Turner, Peyton Wilson, they, they showed some straight head, straight ahead speed. Um, but obviously you, you want to see some other things out of your linebacker group. Um, but again, you see some explosiveness, so you get excited about that and you, you wonder, can Jason Tarver kind of coach them up? Um, again, that goes back to kind of that question, especially for the Browns, right? They, you got the Anthony Schwartz and you got the David Bell and neither of them have really kind of panned out, but they're absolutely totally different players. Schwartz was all upside and speed. David Bell was consistency route running, all of that. And neither of them have really kind of quote unquote worked out. And so, um, it really will be interesting if the Browns try to trade up or out, right? I, I, I kind of feel like Andrew Barry at this point in time, he may not be as active in free agency based on a lot of different uh, things that we've kind of already talked about. So does he get kind of antsy and like, I would either want that guy or I don't really want anybody. Let me see what I can do otherwise, whether that's a veteran trading out those kind of things. I think it's going to be a more active uh, kind of draft process than it is free agency. All right, Jared, on the way out of the door, who's your guy? Who's your player, this prospect that you're stamping? This guy in this class is if the if he's whoever the Browns could get him, you would want you would want that. But whoever gets him, you feel like is going to be a really exceptional football player. 
Man, that's a really great question. So obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I would I would literally do a basically a Deshaun Watson trade if I was the Browns version of that to get him. Um, I think Troy Franklin at the wide receiver position is going to be a really, really impressive player. Um, and I will give you the opposite end of the spectrum. I am absolutely totally out on Bo Nix. Uh, I don't think Michael Penix is that good overall. He uses way too much of his body to throw the ball. I think there should be conversation about Bo Nix. And again, this isn't a judgment of the guy, the character, any of that kind of stuff. But I think there should be conversation about him moving to tight end, like a la um, the late, great Matt Jones. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where he might actually excel. Uh, then I have some other friends here who really, really like him. But that would be the other end of the spectrum is I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft Bo Nix and try to get him in as a starter as soon as possible, which tells you <laughs> what I think about him. Yeah, any buzz on the Steelers? I mean, there's been some 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 talk about they're sticking with their guys, but I feel like they're gonna they're gonna take a swing. I, I think they're gonna go after somebody. No one can believe that they might stick with their guys. Um, what I've been told is it's Ryan Tannehill, it's Russell Wilson, and it depends on if Russell Wilson and Mike Tomlin can kind of get on the same page. Tomlin doesn't like all that stuff. Uh, but I think him and TJ Watt are, would together would be a really interesting corny pair a little bit. Um, but no one believes them, but they have no reason not to. So uh, I think it's going to be a veteran. I don't think it's Justin Fields. I don't think they're willing, especially with Tomlin going into his last year, to kind of hope Fields can come along. Uh, Arthur Smith did a good job in Tennessee, but that was very run-oriented. So uh, it sounds like Ryan Tannehill, if, if we had to bet, uh, and then if people want to go to the betting markets, everything I hear and everything, pretty much everybody hears, uh, we're looking at Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and then Drake May to New England or someone trading up. And they would really have to uh, make New England a great offer for that. So uh, it seems like the draft starts at number four. Things can change, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Fantastic stuff, Jared. We just saw Nate Wiggins, another corner at the top of the market, run a 429. The data's coming in quick. The Ooh. corners are moving. We will get more of Jared's time, hopefully, when he gets back from the combine and can assess everything in totality. Again, everything he's doing, you can find on Dogs by Nature, all of the information he's hearing, putting together his interview stuff. You can find it there. Really good stuff. The OBR has some youngsters there. Brad Stainbrook is there. Uh, and we have Noah there as well. So check that out. And I know Fred Greetham will be on site a little bit too. So always good to catch up with Jared and, um, you know, figure out where the Browns are, what his thoughts on the team are. We always value those. So Jared, thanks buddy. Absolutely brother. All right, guys, we are going to wrap up the show here. Um, check out tomorrow. I have a quick hitter of an, of an interview I did over there with Quincy Carrier. You guys know, I like him and going on his stuff. So check that out on Saturday. Then we'll be back with something fresh on the combine on Sunday. So check that out. As always, thanks for making this podcast a part of your day. Rate and review it if you can. Always appreciate that. And check out the OBR.com for all the information you need on the Browns, the Combine, free agency, and more. Until then, uh, until like, like I said, until we catch up with you guys tomorrow and Sunday, I appreciate you being here. Be well. Go Browns. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? 
source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 